Jasmine and Beauty Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Asmin and Beauty Show, Dan Beauty, alongside Jake Asmin. We're here in LA. It's February. Bit of a dead month now. The Super Bowl's over. NBA currently in their all-star break. They get back on Thursday. Bit of a dead period here for sports. It certainly is. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another edition of the podcast. As Dan said, we're out in L.A. And, you know, really, first day we're here as we sit here on a Wednesday and record this podcast. First day, it's kind of rain. It's a little chilly outside. We're not used to it. We know a lot of our listeners are still in Ithaca, New York, or around the upstate New York area. So, Good luck with winter. We've been there before. Brutal winter. We know it's brutal, so if you're listening, hopefully we can warm you up a little bit, give you some entertainment. But you said it, Dan. Very slow sports month. You know, NBA had the All-Star break. NHL a week ago had their All-Star break. Football ended. We know that. Super Bowl 50s in the Bucks. We're still gearing up for the NFL offseason, but that doesn't really get started until early March. I think March 9th is the first day that teams can actually sign free agents. So for right now, it's really looking forward to baseball. Spring training coming up starts Later this week for the Yankees and the Mets, which is why later on in this podcast we're going to be joined by ESPN New York's Wally Matthews. He'll come on, we'll preview the Yankees spring training and their season coming up. And then later on in the upcoming weeks we'll get some Mets guys on to talk about the National League champion Mets and their season outlook. But we begin with the Yankees, Dan. Lots to get to with this team. They made the playoffs a season ago for the first time since 2012. But this offseason didn't sign any major free agents. Their big acquisitions came through trades, Starling Castro's the new everyday second baseman, and pending whatever his likely suspension is going to be, Araldis Chapman, formerly of the Cincinnati Reds, is going to be the Yankees' new closer on opening day. And it's really been a different kind of offseason for the Yankees. We saw them make the playoffs, lost in the playoff game last year to the Astros. A game I was at. Uh, watch. <laughs> and they come into this season really with a lot of the same question marks, I think, that they had last year. Rotation question marks, still question marks about Teixeira. A-Rod had a great year, but the question marks are, are and we're going to get into it with Lolly, I'm sure, the fact, can he duplicate 30-plus home runs like he did a year ago? Is that something to realistically expect from Alex Rodriguez? I, I don't know if it is. It's going to be tough for him to re- duplicate that. But realistically, the Yankees need A-Rod and Teixeira to have monster years if they want to be a team that can offensively uh, hold themselves with some of the better teams in the American League. No question. And last year, they got those great seasons from those two guys. A-Rod was phenomenal. You said it. 33 home runs. But yeah, he's 40 years old. He's coming off still the, the, the injuries he's had in his career in the past. What can you really expect from this guy after no one thought he could do anything last year and he was great? What can you get out of him in 2016? Teixeira was great too last year until he suffered the, the fluke injury, the broken leg in August that ended his season. And we already know the news with Greg Bird, who was supposed to be the backup to A-Rod and Teixeira, another hitter in this lineup the Yankees could plug in if any of those guys go down. Well, he's gone for the entire year with a shoulder inj- injury, which puts, I, I think, more pressure on A-Rod and on Teixeira to be able to duplicate what they did a year ago and perform. But when you talk about the Yankees, last year what made them successful, especially in the first half of the season, was the fact that Jacoby Ellsbury was playing like an all-star until he had his knee injury and got hurt. And Brett Gardner was an all-star until he really had a bad second half of the season. When those two guys are great at the top of the Yankees lineup, they're a different team offensively. Oh, absolutely. And I think also offensively, you got to talk about, like I said before, A-Rod and Teixeira. But Gardner's got to have a bounce back here, like you just said, and, and duplicate what he did in the first half. We don't even remember. Brett Gardner was an all-star. He was, tr- he was as good as we've he ever was seen. Great. He was as good as he's ever played in his career. And that's how bad he was in the second half. He was dreadful in the second half for the Yankees. 
Ellsbury, you know, came back from the what was a knee injury, knee injury. And, and he was he was terrible. I mean, he didn't even start in the one game playoff game. He was not even the uh, he was not even starting in center field. The one hundred and fifty three million dollar man in center field wasn't starting in center field. One hundred and fifty three million dollar fourth outfielder, really towards the back end of the season for the Yankees, and it, it's just are the Yankees going to be able to score enough? And you talk about the depth. If Teixeira goes down, you said it. You had Greg Bird to fill in, and we liked what we saw out of Greg Bird last year. He's not there now. Yankees' depth is really going to be tested this year. No question. And then you get to the starting rotation, and their depth in the rotation is going to be tested as well. Listen, if those guys stay healthy, and we're talking about Tanaka, Pineda's capable of being a very good starting pitcher, a really good number two, maybe even a number one if he stays healthy. Last year, Tanaka gets hurt. He missed time. And he still wasn't the same Tanaka that we saw in his first year with the Yankees before he started having the elbow injury, which could still hurt him at any time. We'll find out. We mentioned Pineda. He's hit or miss. He's either really good or really bad. They need more consistency out of him. Nathan Avaldi was tremendous in that second half last year for this Yankees team. But then what happened with him? He got hurt in September, and he wasn't able to pitch down the stretch when the Yankees needed him. So the key for the Yankees rotation, and we'll certainly get to this with Wally, they have a lot of question marks. If some of those guys are able to stay healthy, they could be successful. But right now, you look at the Yankees' starting rotation, one through five, their best pitcher is probably a 21-year-old rookie and Luis Severino, who we saw at the end of last season, and he proved to be a really good pitcher. But the Yankees are relying on Severino to be an outstanding pitcher in this rotation. And CeCe Sabathia, say whatever you want about this guy. The Yankees are paying him a lot of money. They're going to expect this guy to be either their fourth or fifth starter and hope that whatever he has left in the tank, he could pitch and pitch at a decent level. He did pitch better when he's added the knee brace to uh, his knee at the end of last season. But he's coming off al alcohol rehab. So realistically, what are the Yankees going to get out of CC? A lot of question marks surrounding this team, especially in the rotation. Yeah, and I think when you talk about the Yankees starting rotation, you talk about Luis Severino, and I think you're putting a lot of pressure on a 21-year-old kid who, when did he come up? In August? I mean, you're putting so much pressure on a 21-year-old kid that came up in August to really be, uh, excuse me, a, a, a front-of-the-line starting, starting pitcher, which is what the Yankees need him to be, unfortunately. You know, I was a little surprised they did not go out this offseason. I understand not trading maybe Brett Gardner. They didn't find the right deal. But making a move to get not an ace, because, you know, those are very hard. It's very hard to come by an ace. But to get maybe just acquire a little more depth in the rotation to take a little pressure off Severino or even Evaldi coming back from injury. I just think there's too much pressure right now in the Yankee rotation on Luis Severino, a 21-year-old kid who, for the most part, Still pretty unknown. I'll tell you where the pressure really is, though. It's on, no question about it, Severino has to be really good for this team to be successful, I think. But it's also on Tanaka. Tanaka, you that's know, right, yeah. he started the one-game playoff a is season he ago. Age? Is he the Yankees' well, ace? That's the question. The first year you had Tanaka in 2014, I think every Yankee fan and Brian Cashman and Joe Girardi and ownership would tell you, yeah, you know what, Tanaka is worth what they paid for. He was great, but then he suffered the elbow injury, missed some time, came back late in September of that season. And then what we saw last year from him in two. 2015 was a guy that's a very good number two, but maybe he's not number one with the state of his arm. The Yankees are hoping a year later, maybe he can give them 200 innings. Maybe he can go back to being a guy that when he first came onto the scene, looked like not only just a really good starting pitcher, which is what he is right now, but an ace that could be an ace for the next five to six years with this team in the Bronx. And for the Yankees, not only is Tanaka important, we talked about already Michael Pineda, 
But a guy that I think needs to be talked about is Nathan Avaldi because he was something else in the second half. He led the Yankees in wins last year, and he didn't pitch all that well in the first half. Second half of the season, we really saw Nathan Avaldi take off, and if he can come in working on that splitter that he developed with Larry, Larry Rothschild, the pitching coach, he was a guy that could be a big impact type pitcher in that Yankees rotation. And just on the note of Avaldi, of course, he got hurt at the end of last season, so that's a that's a void. You got to bring him back and hope you know he can duplicate what he did in the second half of the season. A lot of pressure on the Yankee pitchers. I mean, this is a team that is going to have to outscore their opponents. Uh, they're, they're, they're going to have to score runs. Well, what they're going to have to do, Dan, and you're right, they're going to have to get a lead by the sixth inning. Because when you talk about the Yankees, what are they great at? And we'll get to it with Wally, of well, course. The bullpen. The bullpen. We know. They have be... a, they're 7 8 9. It's the best in baseball. The problem I have with the Yankees, and, and there's no debating that. The Yankees have the best bull, the best back end of the bullpen in, in baseball. Which will help them big time. It, of course it will. But the problem I have with the Yankees is starting pitching. And the depth in their lineup, it concerns me that they're relying so heavily on a 40-year-old Alex Rodriguez and a Mark Teixeira who hasn't played a full season in three years. So that is most concerning to me. If I'm looking at the Yankees and I'm outlooking their season, there's a lot of pressure on a 21-year-old kid in the rotation to pitch real well, and there's a lot of pressure. You know, I know it's Alex Rodriguez, but he's really going to have to have a good year if the Yankees want to be a championship-caliber team. So does Mark Teixeira. They can't afford, you know, A-Rod... They can't afford injuries to these guys. You know, they, they're not going to be able to overcome Mark Teixeira fouling a ball off his leg and breaking his leg. They're not going to be able to overcome, you know, a month's uh, soft streak of A-Rod. They just don't have enough uh, pop. They don't have enough burst in that lineup, in my opinion, to, 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 to overcome those kind of injuries. And, and it's, going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how healthy the Yankees stay because, like every team, health is going to be a huge factor for the Yankees offensively. And, of course, starting pitching. And what they need as well, as we talked about a little bit before, but not only Jacoby Ellsbury has to have a bounce back year and play like the guy that got that $153 million contract, but Chase Headley's another guy. They gave four years to. They were expecting him to be their every day third baseman. I mean, he was awful last season. Not only was he bad defensively, but if you look at some of his numbers, they were down from what the Yankees were expecting from a guy that when they traded for him a year and a half ago, he came in and he really played well, which is why they brought him back in the first place. If he could bounce back, Ellsbury can bounce back and maybe you get a lot more production at second base because you bring in a guy like Starling Castro I think the Yankees offense doesn't have to depend on A-Rod and Teixeira as much as they did last year but there's no question you're right they need Teixeira to have a good year they need Beltran to have a good year McCann had a really good year in the first half cooled off in the second half just like most of the Yankees offense did they need to be consistent throughout the course of the season because if they could just get you know six innings out of their starters you know, CeCe gives him some innings. Tanaka could be an ace again. Pineda can give you innings. His goal, he set it. Pitch 200 innings. We talked about it earlier. With that bullpen, the game is over after six innings. The Yankees need to find a way to get a lead and then let Batances, Chapman, or and Andrew Miller, however they decide to use those guys in their respective innings to be able to get the job done. Baseball season just about to kick off spring training. And we're going to have Wally Matthews of ESPN New York covers the Yankees on right after this. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gus Buster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit GusBuster.com and get your GusBuster today. From the East Coast to the West Coast, it's the Asmund and Budic Show from Los Angeles, California.
Back here on the Asmin and Budic Show, and now joining us on the phone line is Yankees beat reporter Wally Matthews of ESPNNewYork.com. Wally, it's Jake and Dan here in Los Angeles. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Wally, thanks so much for coming on. You know, you look at this Yankee team, what would you say are the biggest storylines, the biggest stories coming into 2016? <laughs> it's, it's a really it's a tough question if there's a couple of them. Um, obviously, I think the, uh, the starting rotation is a huge question mark, uh, especially since... You've got one guy coming off elbow surgery at Tanaka. You've got Evaldi, who was on the uh, DL at the end of the season. You've got Nova and Pineda, both of whom were very erratic uh, much of the season, and both of whom, you know, Nova, of course, coming off Tommy John surgery. And then we get to CC Sabathia, who's coming out of alcohol rehab. So, I mean, you know, when, when the guy that you can rely on the most is a 21-year-old rookie, Luis Severino, I think that you have some questions in the rotation. Um most of our questions in the lineup, they really haven't improved the offense last year. I mean, obviously, Starlin Castro makes them a little bit younger at second base. The other question is, can Alex Rodriguez repeat his 2015 season? Can Mark Teixeira repeat his 2015 season? Uh, what do you expect out of Carlos Beltran? I mean, the only place where you don't have a question is in the bullpen, where right now you seem to have three of the, the best setup closer uh, combination. You know, three guys, I don't even know what you call the seventh-inning uh, guy, I guess the setup setup man. Uh, but you got a one, two, three punch from seven, eight, nine that can't be beat by anybody. While you brought up a role as Chapman, from what you're hearing, do the Yankees expect this guy to get suspended for a long time? Uh, they are fearing that there will be. They don't think it'll be a very long one. Uh, originally, the uh, the thought was it might be as much as 60 days. At which point, you know, that actually could work in their favor because he would lose his free agency uh, for 2017, and they'd be able to control him for an extra year. So, in a way, that would help them. They're thinking that it could be anywhere from 30 to 45 days, and it's really it's up to Rob Manfred who's going to make the decision here. Um, there's no charges brought against him, but the commissioner does have the power to suspend somebody for the good of the game. And if he wants to make a show of how tough baseball is on uh, domestic violence, as opposed to, say, the NFL, he might very well set Chap uh, Chapman down for 45 days. Wally, is there an idea that if Aroldis Chapman gets suspended, do we have a date or a time or a time frame of when that would be laid down by Major League Baseball? Uh, baseball's been very, very quiet on this. You know, they, they it's an ongoing investigation, so they don't want to tell us anything except that it's happening. Obviously, it would be before the season starts. Um, you know, it's very difficult to get any kind of information out of uh, the commissioner's office on any ongoing investigation. So my guess would be sometime between now and opening day. And we're talking with Yankees beat reporter Wally Matthews of ESPNNewYork.com. Wally, if this bullpen stays healthy, how good can this unit be? You know, you're talking about uh, a game that, you know, if the Yankees are winning after six innings, they win the game in most cases. Obviously, bullpens do at times collapse, you know, at times uh, closers do, uh, do blow saves. But, uh, I mean, you're talking about a team that if it takes a lead into the seventh inning, should win the game. Now, the question is, do they have enough offense to give them those leads at the sixth innings? And do they have enough, is the starting pitching good enough to hold the opposition down lower than their offense? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, there are questions there. Yeah, theoretically, if you get the ball to the chances, say, to start the seventh inning, you're in very good shape. But how many nights is that going to happen? That's the big question. Wally, were you at all surprised that the Yankees didn't go out and not necessarily in free agency, but via trade acquire some more depth in their starting rotation? Uh, not at all surprised that they weren't able to do it through free agency because they've had a policy. I mean, look, I know they've relaxed it at times and they've, they've regretted it almost every time, but they've had a policy 
not giving long-term deals to pitchers, you know, especially guys who are over 30, which, you know, completely eliminated David Price. It eliminated uh, big game James, you know, he, they weren't going to get Jim, uh, James Shields. They, um, anybody that falls into that category, they think they've already seen their best days. And you know what? They're right. Look what's happening with Sabathia now. Uh, they own they own $50 million more, and they don't know what they're going to get at him for two years. So I knew it wasn't going to happen there. Obviously, they did try to, to pedal Brett Gardner for a pitcher, and they weren't able to do it. You know, pitching is not easy to get, especially even a number two starter. I mean, you're talking about a top-flight pitcher. You're not going to get him for a corner outfielder unless, you know, we're talking about you know, Bryce Harper or somebody or, or Jose Bautista. You know, and the Yankees, unfortunately, don't have those kind of trading chips. So, you know, I, I thought they would try through the trade market, but I'm not at all surprised they didn't go after one free agents. Offensively for the Yankees, Wally, they didn't sign any major free agents. They did, however, trade for Starling Castro from the Cubs. When you first heard the news of the trade, what would you think of it? I'll tell you, my first reaction was, wow, it's a great move because, you know, I don't see a lot of Starling Castro. When you cover an American League team, you generally don't see a second baseman or a shortstop was playing in the NL Central. But, you know, I knew his reputation. I knew that uh, that he was a, a top prospect and a top rookie and all of that. But now looking at it, I mean, he only switched to second base in the second half of last year. Uh, his offensive numbers have been going down every year, although apparently he hit well in August and September. You know, besides the fact that it's a youth movement, you know, you've gotten a little bit younger, I'm not sure he adds all that much offensively. And I'm wondering – that how good he's going to be defensively. Now, I know they say, well, it's an easy transition to go from shortstop to second base, but, you know, nothing's easy at that level. You know, <laughs> playing shortstop your whole life, you are basically learning on the position. So I have questions about, uh, you know, how that's going to work out. I know people hated Stephen Drew last year because he hit about 200 the whole season, but he did hit 17 home runs, left-handed hitter. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure uh, Sterling Castro was a right-handed hitter is going to come anywhere near that. Well, you look at this Yankee team going into 2016, is there a player that you look at and say, he's going to have a bounce back year? Well, uh, you know, I think Chase Headley can hit better than he did last year. Obviously, we know he can feel better than he did. Um, another guy who I thought showed signs that he could be a very, very good player, much better when I, than I thought he would be when he first got here, G.D. Gregorius. I think he'll be better. I mean, McCann's had his bounce back year. I would say Ellsbury is due to do better than he did last year. I mean, he was absolutely awful after he came back from his knee injury. So, I mean, he could be a candidate there. But uh, I think you're more looking at can certain guys maintain what they did last year. And I think that's an even bigger question mark because you're talking about guys who are very, very important to this offense. And we're talking with Wally Matthews of ESPNNewYork.com right here on the Asman and Butick Show. And, Wally, you can't talk about the Yankees without Alex Rodriguez. After A-Rod's improbable 2015 season, you know, what can the Yankees really expect from this guy in 2016? I don't know how to answer that question because if you would ask me this a year ago and if I had said 33 home runs, you would have had me committed to a mental hospital. <laughs> I mean, really, right? I mean, no, no doubt about it. If I said, oh, that's reasonable, 33 home runs. The guy hasn't hit even 30 since 2010. It's impossible to predict what this guy will do. Uh, I think the natural inclination of anybody would be to say he can't do as well. He's going to be a year older. You know, the adrenaline of coming back is gone. Uh, there's going to be a lot of expectations on him now. You know, you hit 30 home runs, people want to see you do it again. You know, now that's, you've now set a bar, you know, and now either you can, you can clear it or you can't. So I think uh, the easy call here would be to say he'll decline. But just from his history, 
I think, to make any kind of a call on A-Rod, it's foolish, and there's no easy call. Wally, a year ago, we saw a fluke injury uh, with Mark Teixeira. What kind of year do you think he's going to have in 2016 coming back from that injury? Well, I think that what you saw last year is reasonable. I mean, I think he's, he's a force. I think he's a force in the lineup. But the question with him now, unfortunately, is does he stay healthy? And, uh, you know, look, it's not his fault that he broke his leg last year by, by fouling a ball off his shin. Obviously, anybody can do that. But when you just look at his past couple of years, it's become a pattern of behavior that he misses big chunks of time with injury. And this is a guy that was playing 160 to 152 games a year for like seven or eight straight years. Uh you know, you wonder if his body's just reached the breaking point where, you know, it just can't can't go anymore, can't go for a full season. So I think you can reasonably expect the kind of production that he gave you when he was on the field last year. Wally, fill in the blank. The Yankees make the playoffs if? Everybody's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's no, no doubt about it. Everybody has to stay healthy. The offense stays healthy. If, if Mark can stay rested, he can produce. I think Didi will improve off last year. If McCann, you know, stays on the field, you can have a decent offense. And at that point, it's the pitchers have to stay healthy. And we know that, you know, history tells us pitchers don't stay healthy. I mean, but they've got to get 30 starts each out of Severino, Tanaka, Evaldi, uh, and whoever wins that fifth start is uh, roll between Sabathia and Nova. Finally, Wally, before we let you go, if this team gets off to a slow start and we're in May and June, is there any chance that Joe Girardi goes on to the hot seat? No chance. No chance. I mean, here's a guy, first of all, who's dealt with an aging roster for three, four, five years now, who uh, just missed the playoff two years ago, who, who made it into the playoffs last year with a team that was falling apart. I mean, I don't think you can blame any of this on Girardi. If you want to blame somebody, you know, and I don't think it's worth it either, I think it's baloney, but you would blame the GM because he's the guy who put the roster together. But let's not forget that Brian Cashman didn't make the call on a lot of these guys. You know, sometimes he was overruled on certain things. He never wanted to re-sign Alex Rodriguez. Uh, you know, he probably didn't want to re-sign uh, CC after he opted out a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, if you want to point fingers, I think you have to point at the guy who built the team and not the guy who stopped, uh, you know, writing lineup card every day. So I don't think Girardi's in any trouble. Wally, thanks so much for a couple minutes of your time. We know you have a flight to get to down to Tampa to cover the Yankees during spring training, but we can't thank you enough for hopping on the Asman Budick Show, and we'll do it again soon. All right, guys. You take care. Thanks for listening to the Asman and Budick Show. To keep up with the guys, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter with the handle at Asman Budick Show.